Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. And have we got a treat for for you today? I always say that, and I I don't never tire of saying it because we only have people with lovely big hearts on this show. Um, that's what it's all about. It's it's touching that heart space. So, welcome to the show, Lynn Lynn Deulis. Oh, well done, Simon. My writing, I wrote it down phonetically when we spoke last time and I rewrote it on, on this week's pad, you know, this month's pad. Uh, so Lynn is from Canada. That's right. It's, we, don't, we don't have many Canadians on the show. It's normally Americans, a few Brits. Uh, I believe who we're having on. We've got some big people. We've got some more international people going. So Lynn, um, can Lynn is a, a, a an adopted person. That's how you, that's how you, Adult up. adopted person. Adult adopted program. person. Yeah, she yeah. is adult. She is not under 18. There are no under 18s on the show at the moment. <laughs> and, and you were also a professional in this space. So you're an adoption social worker. Correct. Um, and um, and now and now you're retired, right? Yes. 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 I have. I'm I'm living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. Um living the dream. So last time we spoke and we've just kind of refreshed it uh, again this morning um we came up with this title for the podcast how do we talk to our kids about adoption so why why is that important what why should we be discussing that why should we be discussing that topic well i think i mean first of all we need to respect the children that we are raising and we need to not be afraid of their history. And so the fear, you know, is it a, yeah, it definitely is a fear. I think that um, adoptive parents fear a comparator, fear competition, fear um, being a less person if the child knows that they were not born to them. It's as if the adoptive parent has done something wrong um, and they've not. I mean, first of all, adoption is a wonderful thing. Um, and, but I, you know, throughout my, well, my own mother was terrified when I would bring up adoption and um, she would just deer in the headlights. Um, and, you know, if there, if we were at the doctor and the doctor would say, oh, is there a family history of whatever um, she would, give them that stink eye and uh out they'd go they'd leave the she'd motion and out they'd go and leave the room mutter out there for a few minutes and come back in and i never understood that because it's not like i didn't know i was adopted i think in hindsight she probably went outside to say i have no idea and i don't want her to know i don't know that maybe is what was at play more than more than anything yeah right interesting my my mom was uh, there's been a change in the way my mum thinks about this stuff, actually. And I don't know whether it's since my dad died like five years ago. But yeah, she used to be, um, I don't, I wouldn't say she was terrified, but uh, more, yeah, more just flustered, mm -hmm. actually, flustered. But now she's a lot cooler about it. I don't know. So she's seen something different. Um, the... As you were talking about this, though, um, I thought it's like adoptees being triggered, isn't it? Absolutely. It 
it, it's a, like it, it, yep. it's a trigger. Yep. So actually, um, if you are an adoptive parent listening to this and you feel triggered, you feel the fear um, around this, then that actually is a bonus because, well, not a bonus, but that is going to be great for your empathy because that deep trigger that's being pulled in these scenarios gives you an insight into exactly how you're not exactly, but a trigger, it gives you an insight into how your adopted kid may feel on certain occasions when people say, this is triggering. A lot of adult adoptees say that, don't they say, I'm too triggered. I can't, I've had a few recently, a few people that I've asked it to come on the podcast. No, no, I can't, I can't come on. It's too triggering for me. Mm -hmm. Too triggering for me. Yeah. Actually, that leads me to uh, chat a little bit about my mom, who is 97. Um, and uh, I've, I've um, been visiting with her a little bit more, more frequently. We live uh, seven hours uh, drive apart. So it's not like I can just stop by for tea. But um, so, uh, and I, I got a little bit brave because at one point um, she didn't know who I was sitting across from her. She thought I was someone else. So she started to tell me the story of how she adopted two children. And she was telling me this whole story. And I thought, wow, this is awesome because she's not, um, she's not afraid. I'm not making her nervous or anxious. She thinks I'm someone else. So she's explaining it. So I took the, took the advantage of by asking some questions. And at one point I said, you know, I remember asking her, so why, why were you so anxious when I would ask you questions or about being adopted? And I was shocked, Simon, with her response. She said, well, first of all, they didn't tell me very much. So I didn't really, I was afraid you'd ask me something that I should know and didn't. Um, but mostly because I had never been adopted. So I didn't know what you were feeling. I didn't know how to, you know, I did. I couldn't empathize with your being an adopted person. Absolutely blew me out of the water. Wow. Here I thought, you know, she was hiding all these secrets and things that she knew and, you know, all, all of that. Um, and even at one point, um, my, my uh, social information that she was given verbally, because it was, you know, over 60 years ago, she wasn't given anything in writing. And she was told that part of the reason for me being adopted was that I had had a birth brother, a, um, a half, yeah, brother born to the, uh, sorry, let me back up. What happened was the birth mother had had a boy before me. And that boy was kept by the birth family, by her grand, by its grandparents, his grandparents, and raised as a sibling. And so when she was pregnant with me, they just had to draw the line. So my whole life, I grew up thinking that boys were better than girls because you kept they kept the boy and let go of the girl. I had set, like it influenced me, you know, and they kept that baby. And then what was different? What was wrong with me that they let that let me go, but kept that one. Um, and then years, like fast forward so many years um, that I found out that, uh, well, actually, um, I was probably 32 when I found out that, in fact, what happened was the grandmother and the birth mother had a baby in the same year. The grandmother had the boy 
and my my birth mother had had my older sister. And so look what it did to my life, not having information, right? And so my, my, and my poor mother, when she found out that she was mortified that she had, uh, you know, brought this, this fallacy forward my whole life, but I've never, I mean, she gave me what she knew and what she was told, but she was just gobsmacked when she learned that, as was I. So, and I've since met my older sister and uh, she was actually placed on adoption in the same community as me. That adoption broke down, unfortunately. Um, but we could have been raised, imagine, we could have been raised in the same small town, not knowing we were sisters, half sisters. Wow. So there's so much there. Imagine, and then imagine my mom having found, you know, if she would have found that out. But uh, yeah, it's like, that. those are the questions that, so, you know, if you're an adoptive parent listening, you might not have the answer, but it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that this is what I understand to be part of your story. So why, why do people think they have to have the answers? Because it, it doesn't seem to be just a parent thing. I mean, it's, a, it's very much a politician thing here in the, in, in, in the UK. The, par- the politicians can't say, I don't know. Um, right. It, it's, it, it's, a cult- it's a cultural thing, not knowing is seen as a big sign of weakness, but actually admitting you don't know is a big sign of strength, isn't it? I mean, it's it's like you know, if 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 our knowledge, if our sense of security is based on our knowledge, then there's always new stuff to learn. We're we're, ne- we're never we're, we're never going to feel secure because we're never going to know anything. It, it's it seems as I say that now, it, it seems nuts, doesn't it? Well, it's like it weakens your authority to say, I don't know. Oh. Right. It's like, so if I don't know something, then I'm not, you know, this, I'm not the best mayor you could have voted in, or I'm not the best whatever, or I'm not the best parent to say, I don't know. So when, when, you know, as an example, I don't know if it's because I'm an adult adopted person, but when my children would ask me things that I didn't know, what I would say is, hmm, I'm not sure. Why don't we look that up? And that, that leads me to um, some adoptive parents who will put away the life books or the uh, social medical history until it's time, quote unquote, to, to talk to the child. Let me tell you, there is no time to tell your child. The timing, the timing is when the child asks the question. So like when your three-year-old asks you where do babies come from, you don't get into the physiological explanation you say from a mommy's tummy usually typically right some people will get into the explanation and that's fine too but you know so at you know as the child is approaching puberty you're going to answer that question differently so you know it's to me it's look at your child what what stage are they at what do they want to know about what is it what's the question really mean when they say who is my birth mother or do you know have you ever met my birth mother I mean, the simple answer is no, I, I didn't, or yes, I did. And she had blonde hair and blue eyes like you, or, you know, she was tall or short or, you know, and you can do that comparator. And honestly, most children are going to go, okay, and go on yeah. in their day. As, I, I think it must have been something that you talked about last time, because, uh, you know, like, when I don't know, I, I sometimes have a habit of just rambling on, right? <laughs> so I'll just go on and, and I'll, it'll be, 
I, I've just I've just run out of steam. Um, uh, and uh, you were talking about you know the, the length of the answers, um, the, I, but I, I want to go back to the the kind of the the real um, the underpinning bit, the deeper bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I was just chatting to a uh, an adoptee um, a, a pre pre interview conversation with an adoptee um, who's going to be on the show fairly fairly soon, maybe uh, from uh, from the states. A guy called uh, a guy called Bob, and I was listening to him being interviewed by a non adoptee, right? And nobody with you know, like it's just like an, an author kind of conversation, and and it was quite. They stayed very much on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the guy asked the woman asked a question and they answered the question and that was that and then they moved on and I, 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 and many times i was craving for them to go a little bit deeper i'm yeah. thinking you know because the 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 pearls are found at the bottom and i know you're a, you're you're great at metaphors um uh, you love you love a metaphor like me you know the pearls are at the bottom of the sea aren't they so you're going going a little bit deeper so this phrase that you said about weakening authority weakening authority and weakening and, and weakening a parent's authority mm-hmm. what well, well, i mean uh, this is based on so i i've spoken to a lot of adoptive parents but i've not not in not in the 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 uh the depth of the context and the, and the richness of the moment that you have as an adoption social worker so what's the what's the thing about a parent's authority and weakening their authority. What's the where, where's the depth there? What's the what's the concern? What's the things? Uh, what the what what's the elephant in the room? You know the thing that nobody talks about. You know what? Talk to me about weak parents' sense of authority and weakening their authority. What what have you seen? What have you learned in that area? So what I think happens a lot is that, um, you know, when, when parents, uh, adoptive parents adopt um, because they have to, it has a different impact on authority because already they feel there's some inadequacy in who they, in, in them as human beings, because they couldn't create uh, a biological child. Okay. I'm not saying that I'm saying that's how I feel that people feel. Um, and I, so I think that already their um, role as a parent, not necessarily their authority, but their role as a parent is, is a little bit tenuous. And ah. so that brings, they bring that into this. So now if you ask questions and I have to reaffirm the fact that somehow I was inadequate already. Right? And, and so now I'm going to, you know, sort of reaffirm my inadequacy. Okay. But, and that's why, you know, if you answer them just on the surface quickly, that might be enough, right? For that moment, you know, did you ever meet my birth mother? I did. Okay. And off they go. Don't chase them (laughs) and say, but let's talk about that. No, that's enough. Next time they might say, well, when you met my birth mother, did she, did, was I there? 
Right. So answering the questions uh, to the best of your knowledge and with honesty, I think matters. But I mean, you know, as parents, we want some measure of authority. We want to be, you know, and kids give us that, right? Like, you know, when, when my grandchildren come over and I do something that I've done 20 million times, they see me do it and they're like, wow, you know how to do that? I feel good. I feel like I've imparted some wisdom into these little people. And I think that's the authority. Like, I'm not talking about I'm the boss authority. I'm talking about just being a parent. I'm supposed to know stuff. And I'm supposed to be able to share that stuff with you. And this is, um, I don't know it because no one told it to me. So as I was thinking, as I was listening to what you're saying, it struck me, I'm a big fan of going upstream, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we talk? Everybody's looking for the how questions, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what we, that's what we call this podcast. Yeah. How do we yeah. talk to our kids about adoption? Yeah. So everybody's looking at the how, everybody's looking at the behavior. Okay. So what we need to do is go upstream of the behavior um, to the, to the feeling. Mm -hmm. So there might be a feeling of insecurity, mm -hmm. for example, or there might be, you know, you mentioned the word fear a few times. So, so if we can't say how to talk to kids about adoption, it, we, we have to, we don't, we, we don't, we have to go upstream of the how to how we're feeling, um, insecure, some feelings, feelings of in, insecurity, feelings of fear. And then upstream of the feelings are the thoughts that are driving those um, uh, those feelings. So that that the thought might be, um, I'm not, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen if if this conversation goes pear shaped, right? So we're looking to the thoughts. And so where, but where are our predominant thoughts? Usually, you know, where where are our thoughts coming from? They're they're going from from uh, uh, you know our, our our sense of ourselves, our identity, mm -hmm. our um, uh, what did you word use the word tenuous? Our kind of uh, so I would use the word. The thing that would that comes to my mind is grounding our grounding, how secure we are in ourselves, how much authority we've got of ourselves, how much self confidence we've got it, it, it in ourselves, and um, and that for me is the area for for us all to go. In all situations, and what um, uh, an adoptive mum came on the show uh, last year, Holly Ann Petrie, and her her title was "Unpacking Our Own Baggage as Adopted Parents." Yeah. So, what she was talking about there, she was talking about unpacking our own baggage, is essentially getting to that strong um sense of grounding and peace with ourselves and yeah grounding and and that's the place to go that's what the more uh, conscious adoptive parents tell me is it's all about us mm -hmm. so 
that that seems to be to me um the place the place to go that's where i hang out mm-hmm. well and the strongest part of a package is the bottom right you always make sure, like any package that you get it has you know extra tape on the bottom it's you know that's where we focus so you know the you know the bottom line but the one thing i will say is that society um encourages the uh insecurities of adoptive parents oh if you think of it oh yep so you identify that this is my child and you know say that say it's obvious an uh, adoption say it's um parents of color and a white child or you know something of that nature um and then you know so you say and what they will say is oh you couldn't have children of your own that is such a common phrase and such a disrespectful phrase in my point of view because if this is not your child whose child is it this is my child if i'm the adoptive parent this is my child don't ask me that i or don't identify that i can't have children of my own right so it like just predominantly in society adoptive parents are already treated differently so that so bing there's your first insecurity caused by us um you know i mean people will will debate that with me and say you know finding out about infertility is probably your first bing there's probably a lot of first bings for every family is different but these are your children and when they ask you questions, you need to ask them, you need to answer them, I feel, um, with the authority of the fact that you are their parent. And adoptive parents used to, adopting parents used to ask me, so at what age should I tell them, Lynn? And I say, they should always know. They should always know. Your life book shouldn't be something that's up in the closet. You say, oh, one day, honey, I'll take that book down and you can have a look at it. Maybe you want to take it out in pages instead of the whole book because there's pictures, say, of the biological family. But if you, as adoptive parents, normalize that book, it's normal for your child. If you fearfully go and, you know, reach back and, and un- unpack, if you will, this box out of wherever you've hidden it and take it out like it's some secret, then that reflects on how you're feeling. So to me, you know, that information is the child's information and it's, and you are, it's, you're the gatekeeper. And so feel free to let, to, to let them in. And so, you know, and if you, if you always acknowledge their adopt adoption status, and if you correct people and say, you know, there's a a book, uh, I'm struggling to remember the name of the book, but in it, um, someone asks a foster parent in a park who has a bunch of children say, oh, can you tell me who your real, uh, who the real children are? And she just turns and says something like, well, they're all real. I don't have any invisible children. Isn't that amazing? It's, an, it's just an amazing way to answer it. Like, because really it's a silly question, isn't it? You know, which ones are your real children? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, you couldn't have children of your own. That's just so silly, you know, and it's, uh, it's something that um, that I think inspires adoptive parents to feel insecure. I I, um, I wanted to uh, uh, talk about this in terms of how uh, the where the so you know like if we can see where the insecurities you know as you say society encourages insecurity. Um, the the society obviously most of the time you know not most of the time there's a lot a lot of time these days that society spend their time uh, their um, um, time on social media I, I wanted to 
read um uh, I, I wanted to read something that I got uh from somebody that attended one of my talks, right? Um and I just wanted to to read it to emphasize how visible and yet invisible some of this stuff is, right? And how societal it is. Um uh, I, I have a 10 year old adopted daughter and um absolutely loved your talk on wow, uh, we are we are uh, we are family um it was such a breath of fresh air after all the stuff i had been reading on twitter about the horrors from adopted people not taking away from the trauma inherent uh, trauma and difficulties inherent in the concept of adoption um i wanted you to thank thank you for offering your own self-determination narrative it it gives me hope for my daughter and possibility of a different narrative to the dominant one on twitter so i am not blowing that i'm not saying that to blow my own trumpet i'm reading that for you listeners to realize how um it's not actually just adoptive uh, sorry it's just um what do we call them non-adoptive parents that gonna throw this um, rubbish at you? I nearly swore. Then um, <laughs> uh, it's actually you, it, you're gonna get it from adoptees as well. And um, before we started talking, uh, uh, before we started the recording today, um, Lynn and I were talking about some adoptees out there, adoptee influences, believing that no adoptee is whole um, or can ever be whole. And so they are being led by people who are um, in, uh, what should we say? Uh, still, still, still really suffering. So we need to be aware that it's gonna, it's coming at you from all sides is this stuff. And uh, and you need to be uh, aware of that because once you're aware of it, I guess you've got a better chance of being able to shrug it off, right? Um, I don't. Know, does that make it, it was a bit? It's a, it's a bit tangential, but to me, it. I don't know. It it, it seems bang on the money, or else I wouldn't have gone on that ramble. Well, I think you're, you're, so I'll flip that a little bit. First of all, thank you for not saying real parents, because that's another societal hit. Um, when you're an adoptive parent, you know, oh, do you want, you know, do you think they'll ever want to find their real parents? And, you know, what I'd love for adoptive parents to say at that point is you're looking at her or you're looking at him. I am the real parent, right? So I know what they mean. We all know what they mean, but it's still a condescending thing. So when you, so when you say, you know, what, what you were um, just speaking about that uh, adult adopted people are somehow not whole, um, it's, you know, is, is anyone really completely whole? We all have life experiences. And I think we, what the difference with adoption is some people and society don't embrace. It's an, it's just a life experience. It's, you know, looking at the term real, for example, if you know somebody, do you know somebody that's divorced? Would you ever say, oh, do you keep in touch with your real wife? Oh, I mean, it's the same thing, isn't it? 
it's the same damn thing, but they don't, oh, sorry. It's the same darn thing. Um, but right. So, and it's, it's about a point of view. And my point of view is children should know that they're adopted, be proud that they're adopted and be part. They are your family. This is your family, how it, be, how it became, you know, even with a stepchild, they don't, I've never in my experience seen anyone say to a, a child um, who's going to visit their, their mother, are you going to, oh, so is it your weekend for your real mother? I've never heard that. I don't know if you have, Simon. No. Right? So why is it acceptable for adoption? And I think adoptive parents need to, um, you know, quietly and respectfully just correct people. Because some people are just doing it in pure ignorance. They Not to be ignorant, but they are ignorant of what that means. And so to mm-hmm. educate people when they say real parents, correct them. Or, oh, sorry, do you mean their birth parents? I'm sure when they're old enough, they might want to have some interest in that. Like, but we're, we're afraid to correct people. And so your child sees that. And so then they become afraid, like, you know, so are we ever whole? Yes, we're whole. You know, I mean, as as whole as a human being can be. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, I struggle with that. But I struggle with a lot of things I've read professionally and personally. Um, And that's fine. That's people's opinion. But I, I want people to be comfortable in talking to their children because you know what, there's so many cool things about adoption. You know, you, you got some things like you might be the only singer in your family um, because, you know, in your birth family, there was significant talent in singing and they gave that to you. That's a gift they gave to you, a genetic gift. So as the adopted family, I mean, if the child can sing and no one, no one um, encourages that they'll stop singing yeah so that's my that's where i'm afraid of let's not make our kids stop singing what what helps adoptive parents um see this grounding what helps what helps i mean i love your metaphor of the um uh, the 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 tape on the bottom of the box right Mm -hmm. Uh, so what what helps them see that uh see that for themselves honestly simon i think they just they I think adoptive parents need to look at themselves more as a family and not as a family that the way other people see them, except that your, your three-year-old runs to you calling mommy, 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 or daddy, daddy, daddy. That's who you are. That's who you are because it's a role, right? Giving birth is, is a biological act. Um, Raising a child is a, is a role that's where the hard work comes in i think there's no one who would argue that with me and so i think acknowledging that and feeling confident and correcting people that's the hardest part because you know like you have adoptive parents go through hell to get approved and other families aren't torn apart like that before they uh come together and are granted the privilege of being a parent It just happens, you know, it happens biologically. So it doesn't make you less of a person because your child came to you through adoption. It makes you a stronger person. You had to work so much harder than everyone else. And your child should see that you're proud of that. Right? So I don't don't think anybody in society is any very good at, uh, I don't 
I talk about myself here as well, right? We're not good at seeing our strengths. We're not we're not good at accepting compliments. We're not good at um yeah, we don't foc we don't focus on our strengths. We've got we've got a media no. that's obsessed with scaring the bejesus out of us. We've got um social media that's either terrorizing us or um showing us these impossible happy families you know um, as what do people say i had a great a great um a great metaphor for this people are only showing their show reels on social mm -hmm. media they're not they're not showing real life they're just showing the edited highlights yep. edited highlights um and you know what helps us see our strengths is seeing our strengths. Um, I and maybe seeing where the the voice in our head is um, pulling us down, shouting us out. I I think a lot of us. Oh, sorry, I'm speaking for myself here. Um, a, a, a lot of us try to drown out that voice in our heads rather than ignoring it so we actually go to war we we go to war with the voice in our head i you're you're not uh, you're not a good you're not a good um parent you're not a good parent i'm i'm not a good parent i am a good parent and 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 it, it's like a what a friend of mine called richard wilkins talks about the civil war in our head mm -hmm. um what what have you seen from your work with uh, with adoptive parents around that stuff? Well, I think um, you know when I I was also a reunion counselor um, when they needed to do that back back in the day. So um, parents had to uh, um, birth parents had to meet with me, and the uh, adult adoptive person had to meet with me before they could meet each other, and. So the number one fear for the adult adopted person that I came across personally in my work was how do I tell my parents? Isn't that ironic? Yeah. Right? So they, their greatest fear was disappointing their adoptive parents. Their issue was not with their birth parent. Their birth parent was a curiosity. And then they might've built a relationship with them or, you know, it depends so many that can go so many ways. And even in my own reunion experience, I was raised as a younger sister to my brother. Both of us adopted adopted people. And so I've met my oldest sister, half sister, and I've met a number of, um, you know, other, like I've met birth paternal um, half siblings and maternal half siblings. If you want to talk birth order, I'm a complete mess, you know, because I don't fit any of that. Right. But honestly, if I am a little sister to my brother that's who the person is that you're speaking with. And I've had the privilege of meeting all these other folks, but to me, to be my sister, we needed to have been raised together. So technically you're my sister. So I think, you know, those are the conversations to have, but yeah, these kids, these adult kids are terrified of telling their adoptive parents, not because they, for the same fear, I believe that somehow by meeting another um, faction or by acknowledging another faction, somehow it makes you lesser. 
And I'm here to say, like, my relationship with my brother is my, that's my brother. I'm, I'm freer to say to him what I would normally say to a brother. All of that happens. I don't have that with my other siblings. Right. And, and so it's all a fear if we let it. It's all a fear if we let it. So, you know, to me, start young talking about start when your children are young, talk, asking those, you know, you don't give them big elaborate stories, just like you don't about, you know, the birds and the bees, little chunks, because it shows you're not afraid. It shows that you're not threatened by this other set of parents. It shows that you're not threatened by how this child came into your family. It shows that you're the parent and that's who you are. You're yeah. their parent. Nothing can take that away. My mum and dad told me with a storybook, and I'm sure they told me before I could even, and I'm sure they read that story to me before I had a right. clue what was going on. Yep. Um, and I think nobody likes surprises. And mm -hmm. I... I, I I've talked about this before and, and, and I don't, I, I haven't really got more to say it, to it than that, but the earlier, the better. Uh -huh. um, and before they can, would anybody, would, 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 would parents think about um, sharing the, so I think my parents, I'm like 99% sure they told me, before I could actually understand what they were telling me. Mm -hmm. um, and as I say that, I think, well, um, so that, that was a good audience to play to, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't arguing back. Mm -hmm. Yep. So even reading the story, they're getting into practice for when, does that make any sense? I don't, I don't well, know. It does because you knew what adoption was before it applied to you. And the surprise only came about when you realized, oh, wait, that's me. It wasn't. I'm, I, I don't even remember that surprise. Right. Yeah. So if it like if you're going to it's because right, it's it was normalized. It was normalized. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, to have books around like there's so many books today that we wouldn't have had when, you know, when we were growing up. But so many books out there to talk about different families. They talk about kinship, you know, grandparents raising kids, you know, customary care. All of those things are in books now. So fill your house with those. They're great tools for, for why, why starting does a conversation. Why does normalization, why does, and I, I genuinely, I don't know, I don't know the answer to this question, right? Sometimes I have a, a clue for it. But why does normalizing think, make things easier? it mitigates the surprise, right? It mitigates the surprise. So if, you know, you've heard adoption and you've heard the word adoption, you've heard the word adoption, then it applies to you. You're, you're kind of like, oh, okay. It's like the book about, you know, the big red dog or whatever that, oh, okay. That's like me. So it mitigates that shock. So not only you're not learning the term adoption suddenly and combined with learning that that applies to you. So and, it just, that's what I meant by, that's what I mean by normalizing. It's just yeah. a fact of, that's just the way families, some families are created. Yeah. And um, as I'm listening to you think, I'm thinking about from what does that, what, what, I, and the so what, and the so what is, 
I'm not different because nobody wants to be different, do they? Like, especially. Yet we all are. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We all are yeah, different. We all but are. We're afraid to accept that and acknowledge that. And that's the, you went back to, you know, everybody on the, the reels looks the same. They have the same kind of kitchen. They use the same marble countertops. Like it's all the same, but yet they want to be unique. But we're all, we're all there. Yeah. I, I was thinking of that. Um, yeah. Or uniquely different. Um, I was thinking about the the kind of the the alone thing, you know, like um, people talk about this, don't they? So, like, shame is mm -hmm. kind of one of the lowest points of our mood, mm -hmm. um, and and so don't a lot, a lot of um, adoptive parenting coaches and stuff like that have said to me about the difference between time out and time in. So yes. don't send your kid away because that's shame, right? You know, your time in is spending time with them rather than sending sending them away, which makes stunning sense. Um, you know, the go to your room thing. You know, be on your own. I tell you what, you you you're obviously, uh, you know, this is the this is the logic in uh, you know in 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 parenting in the sixties. You know, you're obviously feeling upset, um, and so I want you to go uh, into your room um where you where you are going to stew on it feel bad about yourself wonder about what you did wrong um question um question uh, what what your parents are going on and is it any wonder do you know what i mean it, it's it's nuts isn't it time time out versus time in um but i was thinking about you know the the the, the feeling of being alone and that kind of uh is it the reptilian brain you know the the one the the um the antelope that is alone from the pack is it and is going to get picked off by the by by the lion you know that feeling of uh, aloneness and so what normalizing adoption does through the through the books um is make it it, it stops the adopted child feeling other feeling othered people say that don't they at the moment othered yeah. Ooh, yeah. you othered me jeez yeah. mm, <laughs> um well, yeah okay so um i'm conscious of time yes, yes. and we've talked about books and mm -hmm. we didn't say at the start you know i didn't say that you're an author as well as a adult adopted parent and a, an ex um, adoption social worker so tell tell us about your book so when I retired, um, I decided I would like to, because I've always looked for resources that give the message that I was, that I've, we've been talking about for the last little bit to um, help adoptive parents talk to their kids about, about being adopted. And so I um, uh, decided, like the book was not in a book form. It was always in a kind of pamphlet form. I've always been, and I'll write those up when I was getting people ready for adoption, all that, you know, little life stories and stuff. I've always been writing that stuff. So I decided I would do this pamphlet for my colleagues that my adoption colleagues, adoption worker colleagues that I was leaving. And um, I had the time, you know, so I reached out to one of my uh, birth 
uh, half sisters, maternal birth half sister, who is a graphic artist. And I said, hey, could you just like draw me an image of a caterpillar and a butterfly? And uh, when she sent that to me, Simon, the book just went, wow, it forms, it forms, it forms into a book. I mean, I never intended for it to be a book. But, um, and she just, she kept sending it to me in like page forms. And uh, uh, a little funny thing is the first time she did a cover, she wrote uh, the first in a series. I said, you take that off. (laughs) (laughs) I identify that as pressure, but uh, yeah. And then um, spoke to, uh, uh, I showed it to an adoptive parent, a couple of adoptive parents. I showed it to a children's mental health worker and we worked through some of the bugs that they had pointed out. And uh, I mean, it was COVID. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a lot, uh, a lot of time on people's hands and, you know, so, um, decided, uh, wrote, spoke to a, um, an author, uh, who was originally from Timmins from my hometown and, uh, asked him about, you know, a publication and stuff. So that's, so it, and then yeah. we published it. Um, the book is not a story. It's a journey. So it's separated into chapters where you read the chapter and then I separated it, um, both a pro and a con, with little activities so that you could naturally stop if you or the child were feeling emotional or overwhelmed. Then you just say, okay, well, let's do the word search and, you know, off to bed or whatever, and then bring it back out. Or if you wanted to talk about their time in foster care, you might start at that chapter. You don't, the book doesn't have to be read necessarily in order, except for the introduction. Yeah. So it sounds so, like it's a pra- it sounds like it's a practical tool to help you along your journey, and 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 uh, uh, yeah, um, exactly. It's exactly it's a tool, um, you know. So uh, it's it's just to break that ice if you need the ice broken. And I again, if you had this book, you might just purchase it, have it on the bookshelf. Don't purchase it, sit down and say, hey, we're going to talk about adoption today, you know, just have it around so they're familiar, then they might, you know, look at it, the pictures are so beautiful that it's going to attract a child to see it anyway, or to ask about it. But it's um, so and I just, if it's okay, Simon, I just want to point out that the error I did, or what I didn't think about was multiple children in a family, when we designed the activity portion. So the activities between the chapters are available on my website that people can download and print if they have more than one kiddo. Cool. So um, thank you very much, Lynn. Uh, Got it. She's just, she's having a, a, she's yeah. having a co- coughing fit. Yeah. Um, drink, drink. I, I am, I am. Uh, it, it is too early in the day in Canada for alcohol. I'm sure it's coffee or water or something. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's too early, Simon. Too early. Well, it's yeah. it's about time for me to have a bottle of beer here because it's quarter past five. Um, there you go. So um, the uh, as always, listeners, that um, on the show notes there are links to every guest's um, website and socials, and obviously we will put a link to the to the to the book as um, as well and the uh, the the activity sheets that Lynn has mentioned so that you can have a have a look at that um is there a question that I've not asked you now it's, it's now it's time for my coughing fit sorry okay go for it <laughs> just don't open your beer no <laughs> 
so is, is there is there something that I've not mentioned, Lynn, that you'd like me to? No, I think uh, I think we've covered. You know, like I feel like you know a bit of a soapbox, but um, that's what this podcast is. There's an opportunity to stand on that soapbox. I I just think um, you know, trust your kids, trust that they can take the information, trust that you are their parent, and you know, no matter what anyone else tells them, because people will have things to say. And, you know, oh, and maybe I'll, I'll conclude with a quick little story. In grade eight, a, fr- a colleague got, um, mother, a colleague's mother was expecting a baby. And so you can imagine how ferociously in grade eight, we were teasing this young lady about how this baby got into there. And uh, she was, t- poor thing, poor thing. We were, we were relentless because that's what children do, sadly. Anyway, at one point she turned around, she finally had had it. And uh, she snapped and turned around and looked at us and said, looked at me and said, uh, your parents do it too. And I quickly looked right back at her and said, no, don't be silly. I'm adopted. My parents don't have to do that. <laughs> so you see your children will defend themselves even they if you're will. not around. But uh, yeah, so it's, you know what, uh, make it fun. You know, it's a privilege um, having been adopted. And, uh, you know, like, you know, my brother used to always say, yeah, your parents are stuck with you. I got chosen. <laughs> oh, so, you know, so we had a good attitude, I think, I really? mean, you know, a little facetiously, but I think by now at this time, if you've listened this long, you know, my sense of humor. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, I was talking to an adoptive uh, mum yesterday and, and she was talking about we were talking about me doing some more talks for her, her organization. And she said, um, one of the challenges is Simon that um, you're um, you're a bit different to most adoptees, <laughs> and you know, like you come on, uh, you come on a little bit bright and breezy, and and, and I'm thinking, so they're worried, you know, like hmm. you know, a co- comparison. Uh, uh, com- comparison is a funny thing, isn't it? I, you know, another a conversation I had yesterday. I was talking to some uh, an adoptee who'd been through absolute. My, my life was a walk in the park, and I was kind of like saying, you know, my life's been a walk in the park. Yours has been uh, hell, hell on earth for quite a lot, you know. And and um, he he or she, I can't remember who it was. They said uh, it's. It, it's not a it's not the comparison olympics simon <laughs> uh, and i thought yeah you're spot <laughs> on you're spot uh, on you're spot uh, on you're spot on um yeah i was trying to i i, I had there was a a, com, a a a nice comparison quote uh, a deep and profound comparison quote somewhere in the back of my brain i, I thought it might pop into 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 the front of my brain but it hasn't so uh thank you very much for coming on the show lynn and uh, thank you very much listeners for listening as ever and we will speak to you again very soon take care bye-bye